look in the sky at night, you'll start to see the moon getting fuller and fuller. We're just two weeks away from the uh, in the new Hebrew year, the new biblical year, so we'll be back in, in not too long to uh, tell about that one. Oh, we're looking at the Lord's Prayer today in the Hebrew language from those ancient documents before the Greek. Uh, and uh, before we, so we kind of ran through it real quick. I'm going to break it down for you. But I, I wanted to give you a chance to, I don't know, ask the question that, or at least get an answer to the question that some of us probably have, which is, why the disciples asked different things. Why did they ask? Well, teach us to pray. Uh, prayer for the, the Jews was very, very common in a certain way. But John, uh, the John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. Jesus taught his, and the significant part is because the traditions that were a part of the Pharisees, it just kind of muddled muddied the waters up of of everything. And so these uh, prayer we don't have the John the Baptist prayer, but we do have Jesus's called the Lord's Prayer. And uh, I'm just going to kind of show you earlier. There's three parts. We kind of covered the praise part called the Amidah, and we're looking now at the middle section and where that relates to the Lord's Prayer and how uh, thankfully he edited it down significantly from a thousand words to like ten. But uh, the middle section is their petitions time. Now, for the Jews, uh, and this again, this has started several hundred years before the time of Jesus and, and followed after it, so this is the, these are the issues that every Jew would pray for every single morning in, in the synagogue. There are 13 requests, there's five areas, and interestingly enough, it it is Jewish in its quality because it's the hour. It's O U R. It's plural again. Uh, these are corporate prayers for health, for livelihood, for family, for the Jewish people, for the personal needs that you have. Uh, the specifics they pray for God to grant wisdom, the ability to repent, for God to be gracious and forgiving, for Israel to recognize her Messiah. That's a good prayer they need to keep on praying. For the end of affliction, for healing to all who are in need, for rain, the harvest to be blessed. This one is one of the big sections that actually makes its way into the Lord's Prayer when we pray for our daily bread, uh, for justice to sustain the righteous, to rebuild Jerusalem, and for God to hear and answer. So those are kind of the 13 that are constantly hammered down. Now, we talked about um, the Lord's Prayer itself the beginning of it, may your kingdom be blessed, your will shall be done in heaven on earth. The that section there. Uh, so that's in the first section. This one is your, your middle section of petitions. And the Lord's Prayer, as you would imagine, quite a few petitions in it. Give us our bread continually daily. Also have the request, forgive us the debt of our sins, uh, as well as as we forgive the debt of those who sin against us. Uh, that part does not come from the Amidah. So whereas that they, the Jews are very focused on dealing with their issues, they, in this case, did not look in their daily prayers at, at how they might have hurt someone else. The other part of this middle section, do not bring us into the hands of a test, protect us from all evil of the Lord's Prayer, Vial, Tivienu, Lide, Nisiyon, Vishiramnu, Mihora. That also very big section for the Amidah. So when Jesus comes and takes this massively long Amidah, he breaks it down. And so he there's definitely some some duplicate areas there. So if uh if he didn't just toss out the old prayer, he actually took pieces of it and refined it and defined it in more ways that he was looking for. 
And that, at that point, is pretty much the end of anything where the Lord's Prayer deals with the Amidah. The second, I mean, the third part of the Amidah is the giving thanks section. And, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, there is no giving thanks section. Uh, the first part of the giving thanks in the it is called the Avoda. It looks back at the temple days. They literally ask that God accepts their prayers as if they were like the animal sacrifices, because, of course, they can't do that anymore. Uh, they thank God for restoring his presence to Zion, the land of Israel, the city of Jerusalem. The The second is called the Hoda'ah, the thanks. And it thanks God for the gift of our lives, for daily miracles. He showers upon the world each day. Uh, just like at the beginning, when you, in this particular prayer, you bow uh, as you end. Uh, some translations of the Lord's Prayer, you may be used to that just kind of keep on going in verse 13. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You're, if you're in that tradition, and I actually am, that part of the verse, the reason you don't see that in all the translations, is probably added as a footnote by a scribe who saw the connection between the Lord's Prayer and King David's final prayer in uh, First Chronicles 29 when he was blessing Solomon right before he died. And here's that piece. Now, obviously, in the Lord's Prayer, it's for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. This is the section from Chronicles. Blessed be you, Jehovah, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, Jehovah, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For everything in heaven and on earth is yours. The kingdom is yours, Jehovah. Again, one of the rare places you see that the kingdom focus in the Old Testament. And you are exalted as head over all. Riches and honor come from you. You rule everything. In your hand is power and strength. You have the capacity to make great and to give strength to all. Therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and, and what is my people that we should be able to give so willingly in this way? For all things come from you. So we've, we've given you what is already yours. So that's the words of King David from First Chronicles. So when a scribe puts a note on a, on a manuscript. Uh, manuscripts are just a little bit muddied anyways, and so occasionally it can get confused What's uh, when there's a mistake. They'll circle it and put a notation here or there, and somewhere in the, in the the through the generations, a scribe just kind of added that, that little piece in, and it became part of the Lord's Prayer, but it actually isn't there. So there's a lot of similar themes I noticed in David's prayer as in the Lord's Prayer. So that makes sense where I could have just been accidentally added in. The other thought is uh, the scribe may have been filling in what was in the Amidah by missing from the Lord's Prayer, that Thanksgiving section. So the Chronicles kind of accomplishes that. So really not much left in the Amidah is you have the priestly blessing from num number six. May Jehovah bless you and keep you. May Jehovah cause his favor to shine on you and be gracious unto you. May Jehovah lift his favor unto you and give you peace and you have the last section is called the shalom or peace uh you grant asking god to grant justice mercy goodness blessing compassion and peace on the world and then the amidah concludes may god who brings peace to the universe bring peace to us and all the people of israel amen and then they take three steps backwards bow pause without a reason which I kind of think is kind of neat. You're just waiting to hear from God. Mm -hmm. You pause without a reason. You take three steps forward again, which is just your way of stepping out of God's presence symbolically. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the Amidah uh, slashed 
compared with the Lord's Prayer. All of this notes, as, as she mentioned, will be on our blog, and all of the things we're talking about we'll put on the podcast, too. So you'll have a chance. Uh, a lot of this stuff I put in here just so it'd be in the notes. So you'll have a little historical uh, background for everything. So coming up, look at Our Father breaking it down.